0: The more you can do to build up your local network and try and develop as many mentors as you can in your local market, the more beneficial it'll be.
1: Before we get into today's episode, I want to offer you a free service and a free gift. Yes, a free gift. You're a loyal, best ever listener. You deserve free gifts. And it's from our best ever partner, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. So, are you a landlord or investor who's self managing? Well, if you're self-managing, is that the best way to scale your business? And are you fulfilled by self-managing or would you rather be doing other stuff with your time? Like, I don't know, scaling your business, scaling your portfolio, making more money, bringing more rentals, rental income coming in because you're acquiring more properties. If you want to scale, if you're not getting fulfilled by self-managing, then here comes a free service, here comes a free gift. Linda Libatory, you know her, episode 714. I interviewed her about her best ever advice. Talked to her about her company, which is the solution to your problem Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. They handle the phone calls, they handle the rent collections, they handle late payment reminders, they handle the lease violation notices, everything from the text messages reminders all the way to collecting the ACH payments. mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. And guess what? We only get into the best advice ever. We don't get into that fluffy stuff. And with us today, Ben Staples. How you doing, Ben?
0: Great, Joe. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, nice to have you on the show, my friend. And a little bit about Ben. Well, he has recently acquired a three-unit property for $480,000. It's an owner-occupied financing program through the state that he got. And we're gonna talk to him about it because it's nice to talk to best ever guests who are just getting started and have started off successfully And hear their perspective, because I know there are some best-ever listeners who either haven't got started or are in a similar situation. Based in Boston, Massachusetts, with that being said, Ben, you want to give the best-ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus?
0: Definitely. I'm originally from Philadelphia. I moved up here in the Boston area for school graduated and joined an e-commerce company where I've been for almost four years now, and I absolutely love it. But as things calmed down with the job, I started Googling around and checking out real estate, doing my research, going to as many meetups as I could, reading as many books as I could, and decided I wanted to house hack. So I started looking at the greater Boston area. It's a crazy market, just like many places in the U.S. right now, I was looking to pivot outside of the Boston market, try and find less expensive opportunities, but decided in the end that the best thing for me would be to pursue a low down payment option and really try and house hack close to where I work. And so that's what I ended up doing. I bought a property in June of last year. I can't believe it's already been a year. A three-family property. It has two two two-bedroom units and a one-bedroom unit. I'm living in the third unit, and it's been a big, big learning experience and a ton of fun.
1: Two two two-bedroom units and one one one-bedroom unit, right? That's correct. Okay. And are you single?
0: Yes. I have a girlfriend, but I am not married. Okay. Got it. So
1: there were no negotiations with your significant other about moving in with some strangers?
0: That's correct. I did, of course, want to have her on my team, and she definitely did support me throughout the process, but I was on my own there. $480,000
1: purchase price. How would you find the property?
0: Originally when I pivoted back to looking for an owner occupied place I was doing everything I could I was cold calling Craigslist listings for people renting their apartments trying to figure out if they wanted to sell I was calling property managers I got to probably page 110 on Yelp just calling every single property manager
1: page 110 on Yelp
0: Yeah when I first How many looking, are on
1: a, how many are on a page
0: <laughs> I think it's something like 10 to a page and you called all those I did. Yeah. I'd work normal hours, get home, eat dinner, and then start calling then. Not everyone answered. And some people were pretty angry to talk to me for the cold (laughs) call, that kind of thing. But some people were really appreciative. It's sort of good to hear that there's a lot of support out there in the property management community and there are some good property managers out there. But then eventually I was getting through and I didn't even realize that Yelp went up to page 110. (laughs) I didn't either. But eventually this three family popped up on the MLS. I was working with an agent and we just went out to see it. It seemed to make sense. There was a good bit of work that was required on the property, but I put in an offer above asking it turned out there were somewhere between 14 to 17 other offers that day. Wow. And I tried to really craft a nice offer letter that the position this is sort of my first step into the investing world, trying to set out on the right foot and was accepted.
1: Why did you write a letter?
0: I had been doing some reading and it seemed to humanize sort of the aspect of offer writing. It just seemed like the right thing to do to really try and build the additional rapport with the seller. And I asked my agent for sort of a template or rough ideas of what she had seen that had worked in the past and then sort of built off of that.
1: What were the components of the template?
0: Mostly, it's just sort of talking about your background. In her case, her recommendation was, since this was my first property, make sure that I sounded like an individual, like I was trying to start out, not like a big corporation or some Mm -hmm. heavy-handed investor, that kind of thing. Really try and play into the human element there. But most of it was around really focusing on building reports, showing who I was as an individual, and how really I was so excited to purchase their property.
1: Do you mention anything else that comes to mind? And I don't have anything in mind, by the way. I'm just wondering if there's anything else relevant that you mentioned to them in that letter.
0: I could post the letter in the show notes if that would work. I don't don't, have it in front of me. Don't
1: cause me more work for this daily (laughs) podcast.
0: (laughs) Now we have to do it, damn it. Okay, yeah, send it to to me
1: and I'll have uh, one of my team members make sure we put a link to it so people can check it out. But no more doing that, please. (laughs) So, all right, you did a letter and you had 14 to 17 offers that were on the property. You got it. Did you have to revise your offer? Was there another round for offers?
0: There wasn't another round for offers, which I was pretty surprised by. I came in a little bit high and then actually after my inspection, once my offer was accepted, I was able to get a $7,000 closing cost credit for the condition of the roof. That was one thing where the listing was written saying that the roof condition was five years old. It turned out half the roof was five years old, which I was pretty surprised that they had redone just one side of the roof, but that was really the only back and forth on the offer side of thing there.
1: Okay. And then with the deal that once you identified, okay, I just got awarded the opportunity. What about financing? Did you have it lined up prior?
0: I had a pre-approval for a few different financing options. In the state of Massachusetts, there's the mass housing program, which allows you to put 5% down and avoid PMI. And then of course, there's the FHA kind of financing with three and a half percent down, but you have PMI. So I wanted to try and avoid PMI and went with the 5% down option because it seemed like the best sort of option for me at the time. But I made sure to have my pre-approval lined up and made sure to let my mortgage broker who I was using know at the time that I was going out and aggressively looking at property.
1: Tell us about the process of getting financing.
0: I would say it was pretty painless for me. I've heard some horror stories. One of the benefits of the work that I had put in before of going to different real estate meetups is that I was able to find a really great group in the Boston area called Boston Wealth Builders that really made it easy They connected me with this lender that has worked with a ton of investors and specifically works a lot with first-time home buyers to walk them through the process. He was really patient and answering all the right questions and that kind of thing. So he was pretty willing to explain what he was going through as far as the pre-approval process, setting my expectations on max purchase price and things like that, and then making sure to really push things through once I actually submitted my offer and it got accepted.
1: The Boston Wealth Builders, you said that's a local group? That's correct. Do you pay to attend the meetup? Is it free?
0: It's totally free. That's an incredible opportunity. Most of their meetups really focus on the flipping side of things. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of really great walkthroughs of properties that are currently being gutted or rehabbed, and we'll talk to a lot of really active local investors that are doing great things in the area.
1: You found a lender through that group, and that lender worked with other investors. Therefore, they knew exactly how to approach your situation, and it was a smooth process.
0: That's correct. I actually ended up being out of the country on a family vacation during the closing and was able to still have the confidence to move forward with this lender, and he kept me up to date the entire time.
1: Wow. Your first closing, half a million dollars, and you're traveling the world. You're globe trotting.
0: Yeah. Uh... <laughs> and
1: you're okay with that. Good for you.
0: Well, of course, I would have preferred to be in the country and I was incredibly nervous, but it's just how timing worked out.
1: Makes sense. I was my first four homes, well, my only four homes that I've ever bought. I was not present for any of those closings. It was all done remote and I actually never visited any of the homes before I bought them. So I appreciate your approach, actually. What are the rents for the two two two-bedroom units?
0: When I got into the property, they were pretty far below market. So the first two-bedroom was renting at 1000 a month. And comparable rental units in the area could rent as as high as 17 to 18 per month. And it was a very similar story for the second two-bedroom apartment, which was unit three. And that's the one I decided to move into because it needed the most work. And that was a pretty interesting one where I negotiated to serve a 30-day notice to quit to the unit three tenants the day before I closed with the seller, they were willing to let me do that just to speed up the process for me, get me a month ahead of my schedule and make sure that I had the time to move into the property in accordance with my mortgage because mass housing does require you to live in the property.
1: That's right. Yeah. If you had residents in each of the units, you have to live in it. That's an issue, right?
0: That's correct.
1: What is the rule there? How quickly do you have to be moved in?
0: It's 60 days after the close. And there's two different types of mass housing programs. And of course, I recommend everyone to speak to a licensed broker or anything like that. But from what I understand, there's two different types. One that is a Fannie Mae product that you have to live in the property for one year. And then there is a second program, which I did not do, which is more on the affordable housing side of things that requires you to live in the property for the life of the loan.
1: Your rents, one of them was 1,000 and it could go up to 1,800. I I don't think I heard what you brought it up to if you did bring it up.
0: Right now, I'm definitely on the slow side for bringing up the rents. For the third unit, I am currently marketing it to rent at 1,750 and it looks like I'll be able to rent it there as I move out. And the second unit, I increased the rents to 1200 My hope is that after I finished the rehab and stabilizing the third unit, that I would then get into the second unit, rehab that, and raise those rents. But I don't feel comfortable raising the rents until I rehab the unit. The first unit, which is the one-bedroom, I came into it at 800 And I just raised it to 850 where fair market could be anywhere from about 12,000 to 14,000 depending.
1: 1750 $1,200, and $850, right? That's correct. Okay, and which one do you live in?
0: I live in the third unit right now, but well, I'm currently what, moving out.
1: How much money have you put into it if any?
0: I have put a good bit. I had to redo a deck, redo a kitchen, got a bathroom, that kind of thing. I probably put roughly 30k into it.
1: So you're at around less than 1%, it's point 07 or so percent. So you're under the 1% rule. Are you cash flowing?
0: With me living there, it's definitely reducing my living expenses. When I move out, I will be cash flowing. How much? According to my numbers, it'll be around seven 800 mark.
1: Huh. Okay. Seven 800 bucks, and that includes you managing the property.
0: That's correct. Okay. I originally did run the numbers including a management fee, but until I get everything stabilized and fully rehabbed, it looks like I'm going to be managing it. And that's sort of how I would like things in the sense of learning about the property and really trying to understand the process of management before I outsource it.
1: What do you do for your full-time job?
0: I work in the e-commerce space as a product marketer.
1: Any skills that you have as your full-time job that have been applied towards this investment?
0: I have had a lot of fun with the project management side of things. I do a lot of that at work. And then right now I'm really trying to get into the marketing side. Of course, marketing my unit has been a lot of fun. That's very small scale. What I'm starting to do is leverage my marketing skills for contractors that are looking to build their websites. And at the same time as helping their businesses out, I'm also hopefully making contacts around the business.
1: If you would, please put yourself in your shoes prior to closing on this deal. What is your best real estate investing advice ever to yourself?
0: I would say two things. One would be to really understand the rents that you're going to be getting. I was a little on the overestimation side. And from what I've seen, the best way to estimate them right now is, of course, to talk to local people in the market, but also to look at resources like Craigslist and see what people are listing individual units for that are pretty comparable and conditioned to your unit. The other one I'd say is that as you're preparing for the walkthrough, if you don't have any experience with rehabs and understanding rehab costs, To be willing to pay someone to come along with you, whether it's a contractor, another developer, anything like that, I think that that would have been one of the best things that I could have done to see some things that I hadn't seen during my initial walkthroughs.
1: I didn't do any of the walkthroughs on my four homes because I was in New York City. The homes were in Texas. But when I got the inspection report, I immediately sent it to my dad and my brother-in-law And I asked them, what does this all mean? What should I be worried about based on this inspection report? So you got to have people, as you said, either be willing to pay someone to come along with you or have someone who knows what they're doing on a rehab front to interpret the results.
0: And the other thing I'd just add there is the more you can do to build up your local network and try and develop as many mentors as you can in your local market, the more beneficial it'll be. I was lucky to have two guys, and Dan from HRV Homes, that are developers, condo converters in the Boston market. That really know end to end the entire process, no costs off the top of their head, and was able to similar, like you were saying, run these different inspection findings, buy them, and see really how realistic is this, that, or the other thing.
1: You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Are you an investor who self-manages, talks to your residents, collects checks, and handles all the day-to-day tasks? Well, there's a better way, best ever listener, and guess what? That better way is Secure Pay One. Secure Pay One, the landlord helper, will have conversations over the phone with your residents whenever there's an issue, and the residents can pay you directly. So schedule your free trial and 30-minute session today at mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. The Target Market Insights podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at targetmarketinsights.com That's TargetMarketInsights.com. Best ever book you've read?
0: I would say Rich Dad, Poor Dad for the biggest mindset shift in my life. And for those guys that want to know a little bit more about the numbers and how they work, what every real estate investor needs to know about cash flow and 36 other key financial measures by Frank Gallinelli.
1: What's another mistake that you made on this transaction that knowing what you know now you would have done differently?
0: I would have been more rigid with finding the best possible contractor. To me, I was in a little bit of a rush because I needed to move in and I wanted to work with someone quickly. And I saw a couple of red flags that I should have kept moving on. In the end, it worked out okay. But to me, it's important to look up your references, make sure that they have great reviews, everything like that.
1: What were the red flags?
0: He had a pretty big unwillingness to make some small changes to the contract. Another one was he was unwilling to provide references and basically just sent me to online review sites to really vouch for those when I feel like my experience working with this particular contractor would have been saved by understanding how he works with other people. It seems pretty consistent.
1: Best ever way you like to give back?
0: I know I only have a little bit of experience, but I've really enjoyed the opportunity to talk to other new and aspiring investors and learn about their challenges and try and give my advice from my experiences. I've already had the chance to have an impact on a few people that are in my local network that were thinking about buying houses and now have bought houses. And it's a really great feeling to know that I've impacted them, hopefully for the better, and gotten them to take action.
1: How can the Best Ever listeners get in touch with you, Ben?
0: They can reach me by email at ben at bds marketing.com. That's Ben at BDS-marketing.com.
1: Well, Ben, thank you for being on the show. Please email me afterwards or my assistant the letter, and then we'll get it posted up on the show notes. And that letter is kind of a cool thing because it will show what successfully allowed you to get the deal over 14 to 17 other offers that I'm going to assume were similar or very similar to yours. That's one takeaway. Another takeaway I have is you being involved locally with a real estate investing meetup and finding a mortgage lender who is familiar with how to approach these loans and it was a seamless process for you on your first deal. That's another thing. Surrounding yourself with the right people. So thanks so much for being on the show. And also thanks for talking through some of the lessons learned that you had on this deal. Hope you have a best ever day, Ben, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Thanks, Joe.
1: The Target Market Insights podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at targetmarketinsights.com. That's targetmarketinsights.com.